There is nothing more precious than the Word of God. In Psalm 19, David says that the Word is to be desired more than the finest gold. In Psalm 12, verse 6, he goes further and says the words of the Lord are pure words, like silver purified in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. The Bible is precious and pure, and running through the Bible like a golden thread is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Welcome to Gospel Talk with Pastor Wes Bradenhoff. We're glad you tuned in this afternoon as we savor the riches of God's holy, inspired, and infallible Word. It's our hope that this brief time of teaching and reflection will give you a richer, deeper knowledge of that Word and the God who gave it. Here's our pastor and teacher, Wes Bradenhoff. Well, good afternoon. Welcome to this Monday edition of Gospel Talk. I'm Pastor Wes Bradenhoff, and as always, I'm glad that you've tuned in and joined me this afternoon. Well, this week on Gospel Talk, we're continuing our series on basic Christian doctrine. And as we've been doing this, we've been following the outline of what's known as the Belgic Confession of Faith. This is a, a standard of faith that's used by many Reformed churches all over the world. I'm a minister in a Reformed church, and my particular church also holds to the Belgic Confession of Faith. Now, there are those who, who hear that some churches hold to confessions, and they say, well, that kind of flies in the face of the Bible alone. We should only have the Bible as our standard of faith. The Bible is truly our ultimate standard. But Reformed churches have also said we are able to have you know, documents, confessions of faith that outline what are the most important basic teachings of the Bible. These are the teachings that bind us together in our church. These are the teachings to which we can hold one another accountable. This, And it's also a kind of a roadmap to the important teachings of the Bible. So confessions have always been seen to be a helpful thing, a helpful thing for binding the church together in unity, also a helpful thing for teaching. For teaching people inside the church what are the most important crucial Christian doctrines, for also teaching those who come in from outside who want to know what what are what are the important things that the Bible has to say. The Bible, after all, is a very large book. So Reformed churches have confessions, and one of these confessions is known as the Belgic Confession of Faith, written in 1561 by a martyr whose name is Guido de Bre. This confession has been translated into many languages, and today it is held as a doctrinal standard by Reformed churches all over the world. So we've been following the outline of the Belgic Confession. If you want to get a copy of the Belgic Confession for yourself, and if you're not familiar with it, I would urge you to indeed get a copy of it. There will be a link on the Gospel Talk blog. So if you go online, go to gospeltalkradio.blogspot.com. I'll have a link for you there. Just look under the, uh, the Monday program for December 14th, and you'll find the link to the Belgian Confession of Faith. You can download a PDF of that. And as you do that, and as you look through that document, I also encourage you to, to look up all the scripture references that, that come with it. Everything is referenced um, according to, you know, what the Bible says. And you can compare what the Bible says with what the Belgic Confession of Faith says. And see if it's biblical. I think we should all do that. Well, today we've come to the basic Christian doctrine about the justice and mercy of God in Christ. So we believe that God is perfectly merciful. We believe that he is full of grace. We believe that he is also just, which means that God always does what is right. God always condemns 
the guilty. He always acquits the innocent. God always does justice. God is perfectly merciful and just, and he sent his son into this world. That's a clear biblical teaching in John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God sent his son into this world. And Jesus Christ took on our human nature, the same human nature in which disobedience had been committed, both by Adam and Eve and all their children. Jesus Christ took on that human nature to make satisfaction in that same nature to bear the punishment of sin by his most bitter passion and death. Now, the word passion is important there. Sometimes um, people speak about having passion, you know, being enthusiastic about something, being, you know, strongly having strong emotions with regards to something. We talk about the passion of Christ. That's not what we're referring to. The passion, when we speak about the passion of Christ, that's going back to the Latin roots of that word passion, passio, which refers to suffering, the fact that Jesus Christ suffered. So when we talk about the passion of Christ, we're referring to the suffering of Christ, his most bitter suffering and his death. And so God, the Bible says, God showed his justice against his son. He revealed his justice against his son when he laid our sins on him. That happened while Jesus Christ was on this earth, and especially at the end while he was on the cross. Romans 8.32 says, He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. So Jesus Christ went to the cross, and there the Father poured out his justice on his son, laid our iniquity on him, 2 Corinthians 5.21 says that Jesus Christ became sin for us. I don't know about you, but I find that a very remarkable passage, that Jesus Christ became sin for us. He became what was utterly revolting and repulsive to the holy God so that we could become God's children, his dearly loved children. Jesus Christ became what he was not in order that we could become what we are not. In himself, Jesus Christ is not a sinner, but on the cross, he became a sinner. Our sins were imputed to him. They were placed on him. He bore them. They, our iniquity was laid upon him so that we could become what we are not. In ourselves, we are not righteous. In ourselves, we, we are sinners, but God imputes he transfers, he accounts to us the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And so in God's eyes, he looks at us and he sees his dearly loved children, all because of Christ and what he has done. So the son received justice, whereas we were the recipients of God's goodness and mercy. We who were guilty and worthy of damnation for eternity. Martin Luther had a, a special expression for this. He called this the wondrous exchange or the joyous exchange. Somebody else colloquially translated Luther's expression, the sweet swap. That's exactly what this is. It's a swap. It's an exchange. Christ received all our sin. All our sins were imputed to him. And we receive all of his righteousness. A sweet swap. A joyous exchange. 
And indeed, that's exactly what it is. So out of a most perfect love, God the Father gave his son to die for us. And then he raised him for our justification. Now that's biblical language. That comes out of Romans 4.25. Jesus Christ, who was delivered up because of our offenses and was raised for our justification. And because of that, because of all that Christ has done, because of Christ alone, through him, we obtain immortality. That means that we will never have to face eternal death. Instead, we get eternal life. I think you'll agree that what we're talking about here, when we talk about this basic Christian doctrine of the sweet swap, the joyous exchange, this is gospel. This is truly the good news. You know, we were, apart from Christ, we're in a world of trouble, facing a holy God all on our own, facing the having to, to pay our, our, our sins, never being able to pay, even though we might try for eternity. But what we could not do, God did. You know, Romans 8 verse 3 speaks in a similar way, for what the law could not do and that it was weak through the flesh. And what we could not do by keeping the law, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh. And Romans 3, 21 and following speaks in a similar way. It says, but now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe. For there is no difference for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness, because in his forbearance, God had passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Now, there we find the, the gospel of justification, the fact that by believing in Christ, God declares us to be right with himself and his wrath is turned away from us. You know, in that passage that I just read from Romans 3, we find that old word propitiation. I find it deeply regrettable that most of our modern Bible translations have excised that word, that that word is disappearing from our Christian vocabulary. Propitiation. What a beautiful word. What does it mean? Well, it means that because, because Christ was on the cross, God's wrath is turned away from us. God is angry at sin. And through his sacrifice on the cross, Jesus Christ has taken all that wrath on himself, turning away God's wrath from us. Propitiation is at the heart of the gospel. And how regrettable it is that that word is being lost today. People are, are questioning and trying to reformulate, reconfigure the doctrine of the atonement. They're not happy with a, a penal substitutionary atonement penal, which means that there's a punishment involved. Jesus Christ is punished for us and in our place. Substitutionary, that Jesus Christ was our substitute on the cross. We should have been the ones to be entirely rejected by men and to be abandoned and rejected by God. Jesus Christ took our place on the cross. So we call it penal. We call it substitutionary. We call it an atonement because Jesus Christ makes at one. 
That's really what atonement means, to make at one, to bring together two parties who are at enmity with one another. Jesus Christ brings these two parties together. He atones for sin. He brings reconciliation. He is the mediator. The doctrine of penal substitutionary atonement has to be treasured, has to be believed. It is our comfort. It is our hope. Because without it, we're hooped. You know, there are those who say that um, this doctrine of penal substitutionary atonement that I've just been talking about is like cosmic child abuse. God the Father taking out his anger on his son, making the, his son into the, into the whipping boy. But you know what? That's a caricature of the doctrine of penal substitutionary atonement. The reality is the son willingly came into this world. The son willingly went to the cross to do this for us out of his great love for us. There is no creature in heaven or on earth who loves us more than Jesus Christ. That's a beautiful comfort. And that brings us to the end of our time together today. I hope that it's been a blessing and an encouragement for you. And I hope you'll join me again tomorrow. Till then, may God bless you richly in every way. Thank you for joining us today on Gospel Talk with Pastor Wes Bradenhoff. We hope this program has been a blessing to you. Our goal here is to preach nothing except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. The churches that support this program share that goal. One of those churches is the American Reformed Church in Linden. The Linden American Reformed Church gathers on Sundays at 9.30 a.m. and 2.30 p.m. We're located at 8868 Northwood Road in Linden. We'd love to have you join us. More information about the Linden American Reformed Church can be found at our website, www.lindenarc.org. Again, that website, www.lindenarc.org. You can also drop us a note if you'd like more information or if you have questions. Feel free to email us at gospeltalk at hotmail.com. Again, that's gospeltalk, all one word, at hotmail.com. You can also call us toll-free, 1-866-288-1087. Again, that number, 1-866-288-1087. Thanks again for joining us, and we pray that the gospel of our Lord Jesus would continue to richly bless you. This has been Gospel Talk with Pastor Wes Bradenhoff.